I'm Meg Dahl, your unbreakable host. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to a brand new episode of the Unbreakable You podcast. It's Meg here as always, and I am so excited to be sitting down with you today. It is the week before Christmas, which is so wild to me. How are we here already? So this is the second last podcast episode of the year. That's just nutty. I don't know how that happened. That's wild. So let's make it a good one. I do plan to have these last couple of episodes of the year answering listener questions because I have been receiving so many of them lately and I love that. So if you have questions for me, please send me an email or message me on Instagram. I do my absolute best at trying to get to all of your messages on Instagram. But if you shoot me a message over on Instagram and you're thinking, or maybe like, you know, some time has passed, you can always just like send me another message and let me know that you messaged me and you know, just, you can let me know that you're just trying to like bop your message up to the top because I really do try my absolute best to get back to everyone. But with the amount of messages that I receive on Instagram, it's so easy to have messages that I want to get to like pushed down to the bottom and they just kind of get lost in the mix. But then also Instagram has these weird like hidden folders for messages and stuff. It is so weird. Like there's a message request folder, but then there's also this other folder for like hidden messages. I don't understand, but I have missed messages because of those folders. So I always say this, but like the best way to get in touch with me, especially if you are interested in booking a discovery call with me to potentially work with me one-on-one, please send me an email. And my email is always linked up in the show notes. So anyways, I thought that was just a really important note to kick today's episode off with. Actually, I had no plans on actually talking about that. A lot of what I say in these podcast episodes just kind of like comes to me. I never follow a script for these podcast episodes, so you're just getting the real me in these episodes. So like I said, I do plan for this week's episode and next week's episode to be a listener Q&A, and then I... I'm really wanting to record a book episode or like a reading update episode for you in the new year because I love reading fiction and most of you know that and I have read 
over 80 books this year, which is so crazy because last year I read 80 books and I thought, how did that even happen? And on the weekend, I just finished my 85th book. So I'm going to be close to 90, if not at 90 by the end of the year. 90 is my goal because I just want to like round it out to a nice even number. So we'll see if that happens. But regardless, I'm really proud of my reading journey. And I want to share it with you because I have read so many incredible books this year. And so you can, if you're a reader like me and you like my book recommendations, you can actually look forward to that in the early new year because my friend and I, we already have a date on the calendar to sit down and record a podcast episode talking about all of our favorite reads of 2023. So I am very excited about that episode coming up in January. But like I said, for now, we are answering listener questions. Now, I received these questions on Instagram recently, and one of them is kind of like time specific. So I'm going to answer that. And I think it can help a lot of you throughout the holidays. So why don't we just start there? So this question from someone in my Instagram community has a lot of layers to it. So I'm going to do my best to explain it. But before I actually dive in, I think it is really important for me to say and just be clear that in these podcast episodes, when I listen, when I answer listener questions, I do my absolute best to provide you with some type of answer or support. However, it's totally not possible for me to offer you the type of support, obviously, that I'm able to offer one of my clients in a session because there's no kind of like back and forth and I'm not able to ask you clarifying questions and things like that. So whenever I'm answering questions here on the podcast, I'm literally just giving my advice or answer or support from a message, one message that I received. So, you know, if I, I just thought that was important to note, um, but you know, if you are wanting to ever go deeper or receive more support, just feel free to reach out with me if you feel like that would be more supportive. So this first question comes from someone in my Instagram community. And basically like the background here is that she lost a lot of weight um, by being like obsessed with food and the large amount of weight that she lost developed hypothalamic amenorrhea. So she lost her period and then she has now been recovered for almost five years. So yay, that's awesome. So now, fast forward, you know, she recovered from HA about five years ago, fast forward to present day, and she is now engaged and she is newly 
living with her fiance who has his own health issues and he's not feeling well in his body and like physically he's not feeling well either like he has a lot of health issues um from the way he's like nourishing his body and just taking care of himself. So he has a sister who is a registered dietitian who offered to basically help him and put him on a diet, which would consist of like really not nourishing food. So it's a very restrictive diet, just basically to meal replacement shakes, and a salad. And basically what our question is or what this listener is wanting support with is she knows because of her own experiences that, you know, this isn't a sustainable way for her fiance, her future husband to be nourishing himself. So that makes her concerned and she would love to voice her concern in a like loving, supportive way. She doesn't want to voice her concern without, by sounding unsupportive, you know, she wants to offer her concern, but not sound unsupportive. Um, But she also is kind of has this sticky point because she feels like she's going to be challenging his sister, who is a professional. She's a registered dietitian. So she feel she doesn't want to be like stepping on anyone's toes. So basically her questions are like, how do I approach this? And how do I express my concern without seeming unsupportive. So those are the questions that we're going to answer today. So how do we approach this and have this conversation and express concern without feeling or seeming unsupportive to your future husband? So clearly, like he wants to address his health issues and start feeling better about himself, but also start taking care of himself in a different way. So maybe he's not dealing with these health issues that he's currently dealing with. And our listener or this gal who wrote in the question here, she just knows from experience that this restrictive way of approaching this actually is not going to be sustainable and probably not like the best approach for her fiance to support his health issues and his health overall. So like I said before, this is all the information that I have here. I don't know the dynamics of the relationship. I don't know what communication is like, but I do think that having these conversations about vo- like that off allow us to voice our concerns and 
offer our support that they are possible you know so for an example she's concerned about her fiance approaching his health in a way that she knows isn't supportive at least it hasn't been supportive for her so I would approach this conversation and you could start off by saying or acknowledging how he's feeling and the things that he wants to work towards and then share with him what it is that concerns you about this restrictive approach that he's going to be taking with his sister in the new year. I'm curious how he even feels about it. You know, so this is a conversation that I think the two of you can have together. And at the end of the day, just like making sure that he knows that you are there to support him and that you have these concerns and you're not trying to force an opinion on him or force any sort of solution on him, but that you just wanted to share how you're feeling about this based off of your experiences and what you know and sharing that with him and seeing how things go from there. And this, I know another hesitation or concern of yours was that you didn't really want to step on anyone's toes with his sister being a professional, a registered dietitian. And, you know, you two are engaged, you're going to be married. And maybe this is a conversation that can stay between the two of you if possible. It's not that you don't It's not that like you're meaning any harm towards his sister, but I totally understand what you're saying when you know the approach that she's going to take is restrictive and you know firsthand that that is not sustainable and that there there are other ways for your fiance to support his health that aren't so extreme and you can offer him that too you know talking about or touching on the approach that his sister has laid out for him and you can share with him that this is kind of like a really fast quick approach where he might see weight loss really quickly for an example, and then it's just not sustainable. Whereas you would love to offer him some support or maybe even suggest that, you know, if you take things a little bit more slowly and do it a different way that's not restrictive, he can actually experience these positive results, but that are actually sustainable for him and maybe he doesn't know right like I don't think a lot of people know that these really 
big changes, these quick fixes, these really extreme diets, I don't think a lot of people know that they're not sustainable. I know a lot of us listening to this podcast know that they're not sustainable because we've been there. We've done the extreme things. So we know that they're not sustainable. And this listener who wrote this question in, she clearly knows that firsthand that they're not sustainable. And so that's where her concerns are coming from. But there's a possibility that her fiance has no idea and that he's just trusting his sister and kind of putting her in charge of this because she is the registered dietitian and assumes that she knows she knows what's best and she knows what she's doing here. So I think you have every right as his fiance to have this concern about him because you obviously love and care about him and I think that's how I would approach this conversation is making sure that he knows that you're coming from this really loving caring supportive place and the way that you can make sure that he knows that is by actually stating that when you go to have this conversation if you do have this conversation you can literally say like I am sharing these things with you or I would like to have this conversation with you because I truly care about you I love you so much and I only want the best for you right at the end of the day we can't dictate or decide for other people but I think it is supportive if you offer your support to him in this way especially since you hold these concerns so I hope that's helpful but I definitely think that just a conversation between the two of you making sure that you're coming from a supportive loving caring place rather than just being critical, which I don't think you would do just based off of the way you worded your message to me. But I think that it's totally possible for you to approach this conversation and let him know that you're coming from this supportive, loving and caring place and you're sharing these concerns with him and maybe this other option with him because you only want the best for him and you know firsthand that not making these like drastic, really super restrictive changes is a sustainable thing. And you want him to feel like he can do this for the long term because you want him healthy for the long term. So I really do think this is an opportunity for a really beautiful, loving, supportive conversation. And Like I said before, I don't know this listener who sent me this question personally, so I don't have any context outside of this, Um, but this is something that, you know, a lot of my clients in our sessions will work through conversations and stuff like this together, and it's really cool about what can come up and the type of conversations that can be had um, when we approach things in this like loving, caring, supportive way. So I wish you all the best with that. I really wanted to answer that question in today's podcast episode because the listener did mention that 
this would be happening come the new year. They would get through like the Christmas holidays and then he would be starting on this restrictive diet. So I really wanted to make sure that I answered that here, but I also thought that it gave me a really great opportunity to talk about diets and food talk and stuff like that because that is something that happens so much around this time of year and I thought it was important for me to maybe talk about and explore with you all today and just like offer some support because just being on social media like I don't even follow a lot of food accounts or nutrition accounts or whatever so I really don't get a lot of this content in my feed to begin with just because I don't follow those types of accounts but even though I don't follow those types of accounts I already see there just being so much food talk and I did a post about this on Instagram so I wanted to talk about this here as well but basically uh, this time of year just is kind of this perfect time for all of this food talk to occur and some of it comes from a diet culture perspective so there's a lot of talk on social media coming from this diet culture perspective and it's kind of like creating a lot of fears around food but then there can also be this talk around food that's actually coming from like an anti-diet culture perspective but it's still talking about food and so that's kind of my unpopular opinion around this is that like regardless whether or not it's coming from a diet culture place or an anti-diet culture place. There's still just so much talk about food around the holidays. And I just like here's like my unpopular opinion around all of that is that just like the more we talk about food, the more we're putting food on a pedestal and making it a bigger thing than what it is. So for an example, around this time of year, we hear a lot of messages about like how to navigate food around the holidays. And like I said, that one message, that same message can be coming from a diet culture perspective. So how to navigate food around the holidays, but it can also be coming from this anti-diet culture perspective. So it can be coming from this place with like good intent. But like I said, where my opinion, this like unpopular opinion that I have is when we're talking about food and when we're like creating the holidays to be this like big deal with food involved, that's really placing food on a pedestal or the messaging just kind of is giving so much power to food. And what I noticed in a lot of my clients and just people I know and even reflecting on my past and the history of my own life is when we talk about food and make events about food and we're constantly having conversations about food and how to navigate food and 
all of these things about food, we're giving so much power to food. And when we feel like we're always thinking about food and that we have almost like this fixation or this obsession around food, it's often because we're surrounded by so much messaging about food and we're thinking about food all the time. We're hearing about food all the time. And when we're following these accounts that are constantly talking about food or when we're listening to these podcasts that are constantly talking about food and how to navigate food, that sort of thing, we, we think about food more and it makes food a bigger deal than it actually is. Do you see what I'm saying there? And so if you're noticing that you feel like in your life food is a bigger deal than you want it to be, it might be a good idea to look at the accounts that you're following on social media. And like I said before, even if they are coming from this really supportive place, but they're still talking about food and they're still putting food on a pedestal and like they're giving you all of these tips and tricks and stuff like that to navigate food around the holidays. Maybe that's actually the stuff that's causing you to put so much power into food. And so something that's cool about Instagram is that we can actually mute accounts. I use the mute feature so much. There's a lot of people that I have in my life that I want to support and follow on social media, but maybe I don't want to be seeing their content all the time, for an example. And um, that's no shade or fault to them, but it's just me kind of like curating my feed, I suppose, and seeing the stuff that I do want to see. So anyways, my personal experience with the mute feature aside, Instagram has this brilliant mute feature and you can mute people and unmute people super easily. So if there are some accounts that you really like, maybe you like the content creators as a person and you just like following along with them, but during this time of year, they are putting food on a pedestal or they're creating a lot of content around food and it's just causing you to think about food more, I would suggest like experimenting or playing around with muting them and seeing how that supports you. Another thing is looking at the type of podcast that you're listening to. And I know I'm talking about food now, but like in a different context, I'm offering support to eliminate um, all of this food talk. So if you've noticed, like I don't put out content about like how to navigate food around the holidays for an example because you know how right and like I said before when we approach food in this way we're just placing so much power in food and making food the thing when food's not actually the thing so You can also decide what types of topics you're listening to in podcast episodes and kind of filter things out that way. And so I just wanted to offer that there as well before we go into our next question, because I did post that on Instagram last week and it resonated with a ton of people. So this next question, it really gets me pretty fired up to be completely honest. So 
this listener messaged me and she wrote a super sweet question. So I'm not all fired up about her, but I'm fired up about the topic. So what she wrote was, I was wondering what your thoughts as a somatic experiencing practitioner are on these 28 days somatic movement challenges. And then she gave me an example of an account that posts about somatic movement, which I won't mention here, but I will say I have... I don't follow this account. I don't know who this gal is. I have no idea about her work. So this was new to me. Um, Her specific work was new to me. But I have seen people like posting about somatic movement. So then she goes on to say, my husband is going through some trauma healing right now and is not comfortable in talk therapy. So I thought this might be beneficial for him and I could do it with him. But basically she was not sure what somatic movement actually is, but she keeps seeing it in her feed and she wanted my opinion on it or my perspective on it now that I a somatic experiencing practitioner and has have completed the three-year somatic experiencing course through Dr. Peter Levine. So in like the reason why I get pretty fired up about this stuff is somatic, like the word somatic means relating to the body. Okay, so in a somatic experiencing session, for an example, we are paying attention to and bringing awareness to what is happening to the body. So that's what somatic means. Okay, so somatic in 2023, I really do believe that it has become quite a buzz word. I don't want to use the word trendy because somatic experiencing as a form of therapy, so somatic therapy is not a trend. I want to be very clear about that. This is not something new, even though maybe this year you may have noticed more and more people talking about somatic stuff, somatic work, somatic healing, somatic trauma therapy, somatic, somatic, somatic. You might have been seeing that word a lot. Actually, I have been seeing it so much so that one day my husband texts me and said, you know, so-and-so, what is it like the Miriam Webster or whatever, whatever dictionary announces like the word of the year. So my husband texts me and was like, they just announced the word of the year. Guess what it is? And I thought he was texting me because it like applied to my life in some way. But I also thought I offered a couple really good guesses because the word trauma has been I just think everyone is pointing at everything and calling it trauma okay so trauma was one of my guesses just because I feel like at least in my space maybe it's just me but I have been seeing 
everyone just refer to everything as being trauma, a trauma response, right? So that was one of my guesses. And then another guess was somatic because like I said, it feels like this word that people know, people are interested in. And now a lot of people are using the word somatic and I do somatic work with my clients. So I am going to use that word. But like I said, I do feel like some people know that people are interested in this word. So they're just using this word to kind of like gain eyes on their stuff without it actually being somatic work or coming from like this somatic trauma healing place. So anyways, those were my two guesses. Those weren't the words of the year, but my point to sharing that story is I I can recognize that these words are being used a lot. So going back to this question from our listener, she's wondering about these somatic movement challenges. There's these like 28-day somatic movement challenges. So I go on this Instagram account and check it out. And this gal is literally referring to her 28-day somatic movement challenge as trauma healing. And something I want you all to know is that in like the three years that I was studying somatic experiencing through Dr. Peter Levine's Institute, who is the founder of somatic experiencing, not a single time do we talk about somatic movement. Somatic workouts aren't a thing. Like somatic trauma healing workouts, this is not trauma healing. And so I just want to be really clear about that. And that was my answer to this gal's question. I did message her back on Instagram, but I told her that I'd really like to talk about this on the podcast as well, because I've been seeing it more and more and more in my feed where people are referring to a certain workout as a somatic workout. And I can't help but think like, are they using this word somatic because they know that it's associated with like trauma healing and a lot of people are very interested in somatic experiencing sessions and so they're using this word somatic workout as almost like this marketing tactic and I'm really curious about that because I would assume that you know if Dr. Peter Levine felt like somatic workouts were a form of trauma healing. I would have learned about them in the three years that I was in my course. And so I shared that with the gal who messaged me about this and she was super appreciative because she was like, yeah, I really was so confused I've been seeing them all over my Instagram feed, but I just like did not know the like if it was actually like legit. (laughs) And I know a lot of my colleagues who have been through the same program that I 
have just completed, we, we feel the same, um, on Instagram. And I plan to record a podcast episode about myths about somatic experiencing, because I do think there's a lot of myths around somatic experiencing and trauma healing and what our sessions look like. But on Instagram, I think you see a lot of these practices. Like there's a somatic experiencing practice for everything. Like I can scroll my feed and someone's like, a somatic experiencing practice for anxiety, a somatic experiencing practice for overwhelm, a somatic experiencing practice for shame, a somatic experiencing practice for body image, da-da-da-da-da, the list goes on. And when we are doing trauma healing and supporting the body in healing in a somatic experiencing session, it's not about all of these practices. Like when my clients come to see me in a session, we're not just talking, like I'm not giving them like four practices to do and then sending them on their way. That's not what our sessions are. And so even though that's like what you see a lot on Instagram, that's actually not what somatic experiencing is in a session. So I I really wanted to just share that here and clarify that. But like I said, I do plan on recording an entire podcast episode about myths around somatic experiencing, because I do think that there are a lot of them. And I think that episode would be fun to record. So stay tuned for that. That's probably going to come out in the new year because I do have more listener questions for you and those will be out next week. But honestly, friends, thank you so much for joining me again here this week. I always have a blast with you on our Wednesdays together if you listen to it live on Wednesday when I first release it. But thank you so much. And we will speak again next week before the new year. But it will be Christmas between now and then. So if you celebrate Christmas, I'm wishing you a merry and happy Christmas. And if you don't celebrate Christmas, but you celebrate holidays and time with your family, I'm wishing you so much love and comfort and a happy holiday your way. And if you really struggle around this time of year because of various reasons. I have a lot of clients who don't have the best family relations and they really struggle around this time of year. So I just want to acknowledge all of you who aren't feeling excited and happy around this time of year because I totally get that. I see you. And I also want to acknowledge you and just note that you're not alone and offer my support and love your way. So when you're having a hard time within this next week, if you do have a hard time within this next week, think of me 
and know that I'm sending love your way, love and support your way, and that I truly am thinking about you during this time of year. Okay, because I know it can be hard. I know that even though this time of year, there's a lot of messaging around being with people and getting together and it's very much not a lonely time of year for a lot of people. I want to note that I also acknowledge and recognize and see all of you who feel like this time of year is like the loneliest time of your year. So just know that you are being thought of, you are being held in my heart and that I am always here for you. Okay, so thank you so much for tuning in and I will be back next week with a brand new episode and more questions. Mm -hmm.